Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olsen, live from the Footprint Center. No longer Phoenix Suns Arena. The Footprint Center. Thoughts on the name Kevin Zerman, who I am joined by. Hello. It's like a deer footprint right now, huh? Oof. oof. I dig the name, by the <laughs> way, but yeah, oof. So the Suns lost their third game in a row tonight, Saturday night. Uh, in the NBA Finals, 123-119 to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, that deer footprint that you were talking about. It is their first time losing three games in a row since late January when they went to 8-8, and and they completely turned around their season from there, turned into contenders, and now their response will be just even more important than that, obviously, because there's a championship on the line. Kevin, there are a lot of different angles from this game. I will just kind of pass the mic to you and let you uh, choose where we start because there's a lot of directions we can go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of blame that's going around. And for some reason, Monty Williams is trending. I don't know what the hell that's about. I think when it boils down to is the Bucks shot 58%. You tweeted out, I believe it was... The Bucks' big three had accounted for 115 of their 123 points, something like that. And the Suns basically had one guy going. Um, I don't think Chris Paul had a good game. I don't think DA had a good game. I don't think Mikel Bridges had a good game. Go down the line. So when that happens and those guys, like, they hit incredible shots. Giannis was hitting shots that you want Giannis to take. Chris Middleton was hitting tough shots. Drew Holiday was hitting tough shots. But um, I, I think the only thing you can blame if we're blaming is the Suns' defense. And there's a couple guys in there we can pick on and talk about. But at the end of the day, their stars, uh, the Bucks' stars outplayed the Suns' stars. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Yep, that is how I put my recap at the start of it on ArizonaSports.com. Uh, this was the biggest game of the season for both teams, and now whatever games are left, Game 6 and Game 7, will be that going forward for each team. And the Bucks' three best players showed up like it was that game. Played, I don't know if um, Giannis, I'm sure, has played a better game at some point this season. I think Game 7 against the Nets is one that I saw with my own eyes. Uh, I don't know if Drew Holiday's played a better game than that this season. And honestly, like I know Chris Middleton has had stretches where he got hot, but the timeliness of his buckets, uh, I don't know if he was, if he's been better this season. And then on the other end, Devin Booker for the second straight game was the only guy to show up in what was the Suns. I thought I, I wrote previewing game four. That was the most important game of their season so far. Book was the only one who really showed up for it. And then again, uh, in game five, that is the case now. And that's what this game uh, really came down to back-to-back 40 pieces for Devin Booker. He had 40 points in this game. He was a team high plus 12. Uh, on the other end, though, Giannis had 32-9-6, and six, shot 14 of 23 from the field. He had zero turnovers. Chris Middleton, 29 points, seven rebounds, five assists, 12 of 23 shooting. 
Holiday, 27 points, four rebounds, 13 assists, three steals, and a block 12 of 20 from the field in 42 minutes. I thought Drew was maybe the best player of the game. He was fantastic. Um, so that's like the simplicity of this loss, but the nuance of it is what you were teasing there a little bit, which is that the Suns really just were sharing the ball offensively, and I actually didn't get to this in my recap, but that defense that they played in the first quarter was the best defense they played all series. And you tweeted something to the extent of, hey, remember how easy it is to win when your defense is really good? Like, it's, it's just pretty easy. It gets, it gets a lot easier. And then wham, in that second and third quarter, I thought just their inexperience showed in that second quarter. They just let their foot off just a little bit, and the Bucks were absolutely ready for that and just, just mauled them. Uh, Kevin, what were you seeing specifically going wrong for the Suns defensively in those middle quarters? Yeah, I mean – Lots of it was just they were dropping DA and he was contesting shots and in the like, I don't know what more to ask from him, but Middleton and Holiday were basically attacking Chris Paul and Mikel Bridges and Mikel had a good first quarter. And then I, I don't really know when Chris got hot, but he did. Um, Drew Holiday got hot in the kind of the same ways where, I mean, they're legit they can target Chris Paul. His defense isn't good. Um, he's blowing by him. He's just rubbing him off screens. And it was just DA on an Island with two guys making decisions and trying to do his best. And those guys got hot at some point and absolutely lit it up in the second half in that third quarter, especially. Um, that's, that's kind of where my thing is where we're not <laughs> I'm going to bring it up because we're not going to have a super long time where we're going to have months and months before free agency and all that, because next season's coming already. And uh, Chris Paul and Mikel Bridges, you got to look at them and say, uh, where are they going in their careers as far as defenders? Because if we're going to pay Mikel Bridges 20 million or more, um, if he can't defend good wings, like I, I thought the great thing that Monty did was put him on Drew late in the game. I think they should have been doing that earlier because he's proven to be better on smaller guys, but Drew was hot already. Um, Chris Paul is legit. I don't know if I'm stretching this, but he's the liability right now. And it might be because of injuries and stuff we don't know about, but I, I just see him as the weak link and on, on both ends, honestly, because I think, I know you asked me about the defense, but the biggest problem with this team is they just don't put, I know David Nash has been pushed, pushing this pressure on the rim is a thing. Like Chris Paul doesn't get any pressure on the rim. Um, Crowder and Bridges don't DA. If you contain him, he doesn't book does, but that's one guy. So I think that's the biggest problem on this team right now is they're just, even if they're point fiving, it, it's tough to just really get a defense in a bind because you're not really threatening teams at the rim. That's what Chris was trying to do at the start of the game. I thought it was clear that when he turned the corner for a ball screen and had the ball, he was looking to attack, attack, attack and get in the paint and then just see what developed from there. Usually it's a, he rounds the corner on a ball screen and he's immediately thinking of like manipulation and where guys are and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that kind of thought process goes away from him, but it was a lot more direct from him in terms of just going at the rim and then just making the pass from there or whatever it was. But again, he was just physically off. It, Kevin, he airmailed a, a 
kick to the weak side corner. Like I've never seen him do that before in a basketball game ever. Like I've watched him since Wake Forest. I don't remember ever seeing him be off like that with his passes, which again goes back to something being physically wrong with him. Yeah, he had one turnover. I think you're talking about the pass to Cam Johnson and he airmailed it and Cam caught it bad and was falling out of bounds and had to throw it somewhere and he turned it he turned it over. But that's on Chris Paul. Like Mikel Bridges stepped out of bounds on a bad pass by Paul that yeah. was ruled a turnover on Bridges. Yeah. There were there were a couple like that. Um so Paul was playing like that in the first quarter and it really helped them. I asked Monty about that and he said like, that's the formula for us. And and he made sure to mention, uh, I, I don't know how much you hit on Deandre yet or how much we hit on Deandre yet there. I'm already forgot pretty much, but he basically said in his quote, like in the first quarter, Deandre was coming with him to the rim. Like he was rolling hard. Um, he, he didn't say after that, like he stopped doing it, but it's sort of like alluded to the fact that it was present in the first quarter and then wasn't there the rest of the game. And what happened at the start of the second quarter was that Chris set up, I believe five three pointers over like two minutes and he made his, which was an open three, but then I believe Crowder missed two and then Craig missed two. And then the Suns went on to shoot one of 10 in the first like three and a half minutes. Um, our own Scott Howard, not even just, uh, with the troll tweets, Kevin, actually statistically <laughs> contributing. How about this? Uh, the Bucks shot seven of eight uh, in the start of that second quarter while the Suns were one of ten. That was the point where the Suns' offense really started to stagnate. Paul got lost from there once the three-pointers weren't falling in that situation, and then DeAndre was just bobbling balls, not being impactful in, in the ways that we've seen a lot of the time before. And the Bucks got crazy rolling. I believe it was a 26-12 to 12 run that they went on in nearly the first six minutes of the second quarter. And in what may be the craziest stretch of the series so far, Kevin, because Giannis wasn't even on the floor for it. And Budenholzer made a really good call of letting Giannis sit for probably three or four more minutes than he would have in that situation. But he just saw their guys rolling and just let Giannis get extra rest all while everything started to come together. The 16-point lead is eventually tied up, and when Giannis comes back in, it's only a two-point lead for the Suns, and their offense never really recovered from there in the first half, and that's where the great divide from this game comes, Kevin, of I saw some people saying that Devin Booker was like kind of getting away from the game a little bit in the second half, but, I mean, Kevin, no one else was doing anything. He had to step in and do everything again and dominate the ball offensively and score the way that he did that killed any rhythm that the Suns had left, but they also would have lost that game and, and been in a blowout because he scored or assisted on the Suns' first 14 points of the third quarter, all while the shot-making and all the shots were falling for the Bucks, who shot 71% in the middle quarters, Kevin, cool. 71%. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw those. I think Matt Moore tweeted something about Book, and it's like, I, I get what he's saying, but also if I'm – as the observer far away and I'm looking at, okay, which guys are confident. And I know book. Oh, okay. Chris Paul and book. Maybe should be like, we need to get these guys confident, but Crowder's not in it. Bridges is not in it. Aiton's bobbling passes. Like you said, Chris is not doing well early on. Like if you're a book, what are you supposed to do? Like, yeah. And, and he, he kept them in the game, kept them afloat. Um, Chris Paul obviously came on and stuff, but it, it's one of those, I like just to borrow an Eddie Johnsonism, I guess it's when you get certified scorers and bucket getters like Middleton and holiday, 
going in the middle quarters, then it doesn't matter if your defense shores up in that fourth because they were hitting coming off screens and DA and, you know, whoever was guarding them would be putting a hand really close to like their release. And it was just not mattering at all. And there were multiple times where that was happening late in the second half. So I just think, I mean, those guys played out of their minds. The Suns had slippage in the middle quarters and, and that was that. And obviously Giannis, like he doesn't need to make all his free throws. He doesn't need to score 40 to have backbreaking plays late. Um, and, and that's, that's all it is. I mean, you even go down to the bench though, like Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton have quietly made huge impact plays multiple times. He got that one, uh, Portis got that one and one where DA like was in position for a rebound, but he didn't find a body and scoot back and, you know, the long rebound bit him. So stuff. Yeah. Lopez too. That. Yeah. And, and that stuff just bit them and, yeah, that that's the game, I guess. Well, that goes back to what we've talked about with the Suns so much throughout this postseason, especially me in, in that Nugget series, especially when when they're rolling, everyone's contributing, and you're seeing it from the Bucks now. I mean, Jeff Teague's just a body out there, but outside of that, everyone is contributing for them and making plays in some form or fashion. Like if P.J. Tucker, even like a play made for him is – not letting a possession die when he gets a heavy close on the corner. He takes two dribbles, misses a floater, but he misses the floater and Giannis is right there. Like just keeping things moving, keeping things happening. And that's what they did. And I saw, I guess one of the debates coming from this game will be how much of this is what the Bucks want, which is Booker scoring 40 points on 33 shots and stagnating the offense as opposed to just the way things fell. And that's where I kind of lean more. It's like, yes, the Bucks will bank on most of the Suns players being garbage and the second quarter offense being an outright disaster to the point where Booker needs to put on his cape again and get back to business. Um, I think that it's more of that, but I also think that this is by design what the Bucks want, right? They've got the three-point attempts, which is the biggest concern for the Suns, in my opinion, in these last two games. They only took 23 in game four. They only took 19 in this game. And just math at a certain point is is going to bite you. That was the 19 extra shot attempts for the Bucks last game. This game, it's just you shoot 68% from three but lose because you only take 19 of them. They were 13 of 19 um, from three. And their offense just can't get in a place like that. And I also think that to the point on the Booker conversation – he's going to have to figure out how to be even better somehow, which is doing a mix of scoring. And he's going to have to do what like the best player in the league will do in that situation. Like what someone like LeBron will do, which do a mix of lifting up his teammates and getting them open shots while also scoring and dominating everything in that end. Like that's what he basically has to do in that situation. He has to be the best player in the league. And that's just asking way too much out of him. But I think it was also a learning experience for him as like a younger player, for sure. Yeah. And honestly, like I said, I liked the Mikel on Drew. And that puts Book on Chris Middleton. And and he did a good job, even though he had put up all those points late in the fourth quarter. He was doing his best being physical, getting under him. Um, I mean, that's even another thing that you might have to consider asking Book to do. I don't know. Um but I, I thought that they had that going for them late as far as adjustments looking to game six. Man, 
another thing, I guess, early in the game at least was, and, and the pregame show was mentioning it. So like the Bucks said stuff, obviously, um, where the Suns were throwing doubles at Giannis and even Middleton and hard hedging and kind of blitzing them and stuff. I, I don't know what exactly you want to call it, um, but. Their defense didn't do great after that. It was scrambling too much. And I think that's where the corner threes in that first half really came out for the Bucks, And they got a lot of those on that comeback when they were down after the first quarter. And, you know, I don't know if that's a thing that'll pop up again because it kind of went away in the second half. But that's another thing. It's like, do you? Do you want to do that to Giannis? I, I mean, he had still had 32 points, shot pretty well, even though DA, I thought, at least one-on-one DA did decent and put his body in him, and Giannis just made tough shots. But that's another thing you got to talk about if you're the Suns, if you're just going to make the last adjustments and make a run at this thing. Yeah, and, and with what I'm about to talk about in the second half, I understand we have lost some fans into the void, and there's a point of no return with some fans right now. I just had someone tweet me and said they might be back next season as if they're going to quit on the team now because of their performance in these finals when you've got like an extremely fun and likable, fun to watch and likable team with just a ton of great players, two awesome stars, a bunch of great role players, a fantastic coach, a really easy team to root for. And you're just going to bail because like, I, I don't know. But to, to that point, when the Bucks were going nuts and not missing, Kevin, I tweeted like they are going to stop missing and there are going to be there's either going to be one pocket or there's going to be a few in this game where the Suns are going to be able to make a run and the Bucks are going to stop scoring. And I had a lot of people reply to me and say, like, no, why would they stop missing now? It's like, well, teams don't shoot 80% over three quarters or 70% over three quarters. Eventually it stops. That's just how basketball at this level works. And sure enough, there were three different pockets. There was the end of the third quarter, which the Bucks only scored, I believe, four points in the last 253. Or, or was it six points? I'm not sure. It was either four or six. Uh, I, I believe it was four. It was four. But the Suns only scored seven points themselves. So they didn't really do a great job there. But then there was a 547 mark, so nearly half of the fourth quarter from about nine minutes left until four minutes left, or three minutes left, sorry, where the Bucks only scored six points. That's when the Suns went on a 13-6 to run, cutting the biggest lead of the game for the Bucks 14 down to seven. And then, of course, there was the end of the game where there was that 7 nothing run uh, from the Suns. But then uh, madness ensued. Kevin, and in what is the basketball gods continuing to make their presence known uh, and, and showing themselves with the little things and, and playing basketball the right way, blah, 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 all that sappy stuff. Booker commits a turnover. The Bucks score off of it off of a crazy lob to Giannis where he jumped high enough to probably catch the lob if it was going over the backboard but Drew just threw it at the rim like any point guard would. So it, it looked really weird. Like it, came, it was like at his chest, basically <laughs> from my angle, at least when I watch it, it looked like he was 14 feet in the air. He looked so high. So they get points off turnovers and fast break points right there. Giannis misses the second free throw um, in, a, in just a cruel, like game of inches kind of moment. Booker actually beats holiday inside to rebound the ball. But while Holiday is kind of holding Booker towards his right, the ball just goes a little bit past Booker to his left where Holiday is. Holiday gets his left hand on it, spikes it up in the air. 
That's where Giannis back taps it out to Middleton, who scores on one free throw, which is one second chance point, Kevin. And that iced the game. How about that? Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not about the end. Um, as much, I, I think that they got there because of those little plays all that time, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you look at the end of the day, considering every run by every team, it was a four-point game. Bucks played out of their minds. Um, I'm, I know that the Suns have come back and have been super resilient and all that, but I'm curious to see what they look like. Just because, like, confidence-wise, I don't know who looked good in this one. And when you have three losses piled up and it's been kind of the same thing, it's kind of to me like, all right, who's it? You're running out of time to step up and, like, be able to flip that switch um, when we talk about being a young team and all that. Or just, you know, Chris Paul hasn't looked the same even. And so I don't know. I my confidence level obviously is, is in the suns is not where it would be. I'm not going to say that they win two in a row. I don't think at this point, but they definitely can play a lot better still. And we've just said that for three straight games, but that's where it is. And that's the, the bucks have made them do that because the bucks have just really galvanized after that O2 deficit for them. The start of the fourth quarter was probably the most concerning point of this game, Kevin, for me, because Giannis scored on two straight possessions when they had the lead, and I was like, oh, right. They can just give him the ball over and over again, and the game will will end, and he will he will win it most likely. And that was the part to me where it goes back to just how much the Suns need to play as a team and win as a, and just win all these little areas as a team in order to overcome the Bucks having the best player in the series, which Kevin, crazily enough, really hasn't been that much of a story in this series. Would would you agree in terms of like this hasn't just been Giannis has been terrific, don't get me wrong, but the Bucks are not winning this series because of his performance. It's because of how the Bucks are playing as a team, how Middleton and Holiday have really stepped up after a slow start in the first two games of the series. Again, Connaughton Portis, those guys hitting timely shots, making plays. It's all really come around, and that's where I think I fear for the Suns' exit the most, Kevin, is just that this hasn't even been a Giannis rampage by any means, even though he's been outstanding and and might be the finals MVP now, just regardless of the way the series goes. Um, he's it, It's not even that, and that's that was the formula for the Suns losing, in my opinion. I don't even think that this series has been that, which is perplexing considering what we've seen from the Suns to this point. Yeah, there's – He's not at like the LeBron peak LeBron level. I, I yeah. think he's been amazing. Um, clearly the best player in this series. But if you look at who's two and three, it, Book might be up there, but he had a bad game. So is Middleton up there? He's, he's two. Book's two. Um, okay. I thought he we, – we talked about him after game two and how awesome he was in game two, even if that was a game some people wrote off. But, um, I but mean, right after that, yeah. Right, it's not yeah. close after that, yeah. But Middleton's matched him nearly um, yep. a couple of his good games. And, and Drew, I, again, I think his defense has been the last two, what, maybe three games? I think he's been good three games. Um, regardless of his offensive project, production, he's 
like all the national writers are writing about him guarding Chris and regardless of whether that's injury related for Chris on his end, but Drew has made that big of a difference, has made huge plays. And I think like going into the series, honestly, if you had to say rank the four best stars, um, Chris Paul should have probably been in there, but Middleton and Drew, I think if you thought that they were that far off, I think that's wrong. I, I don't, so if Chris is injured, then I, I think they're right there behind him and close to him. So I don't think that any of this is super surprising. Yeah, I think the most um, – the part that you come back to there on that point, Kevin, is that it looked like they were going to need to close with Payne and, like, Johnson in for Aiton and Paul just with the way they played in that game. And that just speaks back to your conver- our conversation right there, just on like the top players in the series and how there's just such a big drop-off from Book compared to the second-best player in the series and so on, because Chris has just been a mess um, for these last two specifically. And then even the last, the, the one before that as well. Like he And I thought in game two, he was pretty great for some stretches, but I thought he left some something to be desired in the other spots too. And I just don't know what they can expect out of him now. I think it's pretty clear that he's, this was not just like a, he needs a couple of days and he's going to come back and be better after game four. This is like a lingering thing, obviously that's catching up to him that he was able to play through before. Yeah. And is, and is getting to him now. Uh, is there anything we didn't hit on looking ahead to game six that you are uh, keeping an eye on that we should, talk about I just think Suns pushing the pace generating threes is like the biggest thing for me because I don't know if they I don't know if the other end is like as solvable yeah I mean mostly this is a general and but I just am curious what Monty does in desperation time um, I mentioned the Mikel who he's defending thing but does Chris play a different role does he just say hey you need to do something different we don't want to put you in these spots where you're doing too much um do you trust guys on your bench more because obviously tonight campaign and cam johnson eh, not great minutes but i thought campaign really did help kind of open up the offense and give something different that the bucks are haven't really had to defend just a point guard who's getting to the rim like that so yeah, I'm I'm curious about adjustments because I think the Bucks are in a good spot. They don't need to have those deep discussions basketball scheme wise and all that. No, and I, I think I think Bud's done a really good job in this series. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean it's it's trusting what you did and trusting what you've done and um, a little tinker here and there. But I mean that's both of these coaches, and that's why I think. You, you trust what got you there through the regular season and what got you there in the playoffs to this point, and people can get pissed about not making corrections for either team. But, again, both of these teams, it's hard to just say there's a glaring weakness here, and that's why they're here. And I think that's really kind of what really, like, covering <laughs> a team going this deep for the first time is just if, if a team doesn't have something glaring like that weakness-wise, then – and they won a bunch of games, that's that's a good recipe for success in the playoffs where you can play different styles, beat different types of teams, and and have resiliency and all that stuff. 100%, pal. All right. Uh, we'll be back for game six. I will be live from Milwaukee 
at, at some points. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, Kev, what is this about a Hawaii trip I hear? Ooh. Yeah. So do you commit that. to it? Do you commit to a game seven pod? Is, is it even possible when you flying? Uh, I could pull it off. Actually, it'd be late for me and not late for you. It's possible. Right. I'm going to have to be on the telephone watching basketball. Probably if that gets to that, your boy oh, here just... thought it was a good idea. when the playoffs started to granted, this is the only time I can take vacation, but yeah, Cardinals training camp coming in, what, like three weeks? Yeah, plus draft. I was worried about the draft. I don't know why. <laughs> Wife's a teacher, so she has to be back anyway. But I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't think the Suns will make the finals, and I don't think it'll go to seven games even if they do. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, well, either way, I'm thrilled for you to get your time to Hawaii. Your boy himself just booked his first vacation uh, in a long time coming in a month. Uh, hopefully the way the world is trending and the certain trends that uh, foiled over into oh. this basketball game, don't ruin that. And we can all still go on vacation and fly and be safe places. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think that either this is my last podcast recording from a random room in the footprint center this year, or we will be doing it after a game seven of the NBA finals where you are live from Hawaii. So <laughs> We'll see if that's the case for just our, our podcasts from here in Phoenix, but we'll have one more uh, for sure after game six, and we'll see from there. Until then, everyone, thanks for listening as always. And again, for the second straight episode, this is your boy, Kel, just trying to urge you to see perspective on everything. It's very frustrating with where the team is at, I'm sure, but stay calm. It'll all be fine or they'll lose. But either way, I promise everything's going to be okay after that. I would never lie to you. We'll talk to you next time.